Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Guys, you version. Go to menu, press menu on the end, then go to events, press events, then go to C3 Tugra. All the notes are there. It's awesome. You can write notes in there. You version is a fantastic app. 120 million people use it on the face of the planet. Pastor Julie, let's give it up for her last week while her husband was convalescing. And she did a tremendous job of. Uh, holding the fort, and apparently she preached up a storm. Was that right? Was that right? Yeah, come on. Come on. We need encouragement, guys. Come on. Help help us here. Audience participation. Audience participation. Uh, You know, I don't want you to be like a a, a black church, but you can. But uh, you can. Amen. Preach it, brother. I know Abraham, he loves that. He loves audience participation. It was a good day when Abraham came to our church and started the audience participation. Just what, do what he does. Follow him. If I say something, if anyone says something decent, good, or noteworthy, grunt, or yeah, amen, or something. Help us, guys. Did, did I quote something? That, no. Amen. Wow. And when you're in a prayer meeting with someone, just don't be silent. You know, if someone's going, oh, Lord, pray for my auntie or pray for my town, pray, yeah, 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 blah, blah. And they're not hearing anything. They're going, you got to, you got to, it, it, guys, it's a collaborative thing. You got to help your friend who's stepped out in faith, who's praying, and you might just want to say, yes, Lord, amen. These are typical statements we make in Christian land. Um, yes, Lord, amen. Uh, what else can you do, Ra? Huh? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a great one right there. That's 101 stuff. Hallelujah. You know, what's amen? Let it be. Oh, gee. Amen. Let it be. That, that's a great one. So be it. That's... It's a bit of show and tell this morning, so I'm going to move along. I'm going to try and fly by the seat of my pants a little bit. I'm talking about the divine purpose of God. I want to talk about, I want to blow any... Um, notions that you have of what church might be, especially a dumbed-down version of what church might be. You might church is thinking of one person out here preaching, people sitting in pews in a row and, and listening dutifully, and that's church. Well, can I tell you, that's not all of church. It's part of church, but it's not all of church. Amen? Can I get an amen? Can I get a hallelujah? Can I get a preach it, brother? Yeah, come on. So if you want to hear the podcast, and the podcast is on sermon.net, and we have spoken brilliantly, yours truly, but Pastor Julie, I read her notes. I don't often read her notes, but I, she just said, you got to read the notes. you got to read the notes. I said, all right, I'll read the notes. And I tell you what, I was blessed. You really did preach up some good sound 
teaching line by line, which you don't often do line by line. I usually do that. So I'm going to flip it. I'm going to do what you usually do, be a bit creative. And, and you've done the line by line, which is we're talking about the theme of divine purpose of God. And I want to go right back at the start to Genesis and I want to discover the authority, the power, and the results God wants for our church. And I want to t- take it back to the, the story of Jacob. You've heard, all of you have heard the phrasing or the phrase that we use, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're our patriarchs. They're the, Abraham, yeah, amen, good on you, Abraham. Yeah, I thought that wasn't, anyway. Abraham, Isaac, and we, we're taking We need to understand this full-blown encounter that, just hold it there, guys, this full-blown encounter, they don't read the notes, this full-blown encounter that, that Jacob had. Now, just to, I hope everyone understands the story of Jacob, and for the sake of those people that just need to be reminded, um, yeah, we need to understand that, that Jacob is the second son uh, of, of the twins born to Rebecca and Isaac. Say Isaac. And the name, <laughs> the name Jacob means follow on another's heels or more to the point, deceiver. Jacob, imagine being called, anyway, it doesn't mean that anymore. This was back then. Uh, deceiver. And Jacob was very shrewd. In fact, when he was born, he was holding on to Esau's uh, foot and he didn't want to let go. He, in fact, wanted to be the first. Because if you're firstborn, you get the double, you get the double anointing, you get all this stuff. You get double portion of the family inheritance. You get the leadership of worship, the head of the family. Uh, you get the right to the covenant blessing that God promised Abraham in which all nations will bless. So this is a very ambitious lad. Jacob, his name is, and he's holding on even at birth as the mother is giving birth to the twins. He's holding on to Esau. He's not letting go. I should be first, but Esau is the one that is born. Esau gets himself into trouble. He's a country boy. He's out hunting and stuff. And But Esau, uh, Jacob, he's a bit of a mummy's boy, in fact, in He's home, but he's, he's very ambitious. He's a good kid, um, but his mum his sides with Jacob. Rebecca sides with Jacob and said, you know what? Uh, um, you, you should have been the one. You should have been the first. You got more ambition. You got more get up and go. Esau, he's just lazy. In fact, Esau squandered his inheritance by selling his birthright out for a bowl of soup. He got hungry and, and <laughs> he got hungry and Jacob said, well, I got some stew. If you give me your birthright, I'll give you some stew. And of course, you know the story. Uh, Esau caved in, in a, a bit impetuous, impatient he was. He caved in. He said, yeah, give me the stew. You can have my birthright. I don't want it. I despise it. I don't even want it. I don't want to live up to it. And so be it. So then, of course, Jacob had sown to the wind and now was reaping a whirlwind of surprises. In the end, Esau got very, very mad because he found out that in fact, that in fact Jacob tricked Isaac, who was dim, he couldn't see, his eyes were dim, and, and, and the father's supposed to pronounce the blessing of the firstborn. And he real, Isaac was realizing he's on the way out, he's nearly done. He said, bring my son in. 
and, 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 and so Esau went out on the journey to find some, um, find some food, to capture some food and make a stew up. But Jacob heard about this and said, I need to, I need to be blessed. And then the mum said, yeah, you can be blessed if you go get me some, go get me some of the, the, the lambs and, and we'll, we'll cook that up. And, and then, yeah, but I don't even look like uh, uh, Esau. Uh, you know, he's hairy and I'm not. So they, they beguiled Isaac and unintentionally Isaac blessed Jacob instead of blessing Esau. And when you do that, it's a done deal. He can't take it back. He is the guy. He is the one. The blessings have been pronounced over Jacob. And he, that's why his name is Deceiver. 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 After successfully acquiring the blessing of the birthright from his father, he began to fear the wrath of his brother. Jacob had sown to the wind and was going to reap a whirlwind of surprises. In fact, his mother and father said, you need to go. You need to get out of here. And so Jacob fled to the land of Haran. And that's where we can start. God bless you guys. Jacob left, Genesis 28 verse 10 says, Jacob left Bathsheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, a certain place. He stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and laid down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway, in fact, a ladder resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood, there above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring, C3. I am with you. And I will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I've promised to you. Jacob. Jacob is having a full-blown dream. Having a full-blown dream. He's on the run. He's a deceiver. He's a trickster. Yeah, you can lift that up. Come on, I love this stuff. I just discovered this last week and it triggered off this creative energy in me. These guys from Brooklyn, New York. They're so in love with God, these guys. Scary guys. Ooh. Jacob arrives at a certain place, finds a, a rock as a pillow, lays down and has a dream and sees a ladder from the ground reaching up and at the top of the ladder was the Lord 
our God. But there was something unusual about this ladder. The angels, angels in fact, were ascending from the ground up and descending down. And Jacob was totally gobsmacked. He was totally, what does this mean? This ladder, what does this mean? I propose to you that this ladder and this revelation is about the house of God. This is the house of God. This is an awesome house. This is none other than the house of God. How awesome is this house? What does it mean, this land? What does it mean? What does it mean? Let's continue to read on. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? Jacob is undone. He's had a true encounter with a living God. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. The oil is the anointing. He called that place Bethel. Though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me, if God will lead me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I've set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, and of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. I will tithe to you my days. I will tithe to you my time. I will tithe to you my resources. I will tithe to you my whole life. Oh God, lead us. Lead us. Jacob was a vagabond. Jacob was lost. He's having a full-blown encounter with the living God. God is reaching out to a lost soul. He's lost. He's usurped his own brother. He's ambitious. He's going for his inheritance, but he's doing it all wrong. But God, how God. God's going to lead him. God's going to lead him. God's going to lead him into the divine purpose of God, not just for himself, but for humanity. For Jacob is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob is God's representative. In fact, Jesus is born through the lineage of Jacob. But Jacob at this time is not even repentant. 
He hasn't even repented. But God, Jesus, our Lord, comes to him and is looking down at him and with angels ascending and descending. This is an amazing thing. This is an amazing encounter with the living God. When Jacob awoke, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. We're talking about the gate church vision. Jacob sees a vision of the house of God and the gate of heaven. Like Jacob, we as the 21st century people of God need to envision an open heaven an open heaven that allows for the presence of God to be established in our midst, the powerful presence of our God. The gate church opens. The gate church opens heaven to us. The gates are powerful symbols of God's authority over his people. Gates open the way to something. It's like a passageway. And Jacob is saying, this is none other, a gateway. This is a gateway unto heaven. Isaiah 26 verse 2 says, open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the nation that keeps faith. Isaiah 60 verse 11 says, your gates will always stand open. They will never be shut day or night so that the people may bring you the wealth of the nations. Their kings led in triumphal procession. Isaiah 62 10 says, Pass through, pass through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway. Remove the stones. Raise a banner for the nations. In fact, if you look in the Old Testament, the, the gates were a place, if you were to walk to a city, there would be gates. And at those gates were officials who represented the authority of that city, and if you wanted to do business, and if you wanted to see the governor, or if you wanted to have a legal matter dealt with, you came to the gates, and it was dealt with there at the gates of authority. Do you know what I'm saying? So we have a fraternal meeting in Wyoming, and we act as gatekeepers for this city in a spiritual way. We represent God's authority for Wyoming. We do another meeting that represents the whole Central Coast, and we call that an apostolic hub. And again, we represent the authority of the Central Coast by virtue of the fact that we have a heart for this, for this region. And we determine what is of God and what is not of God. And we sanction and ratify God's goodwill, no matter what church it happens in, or we say, no way, Jose. They can't do that. And we will pray against things. We'll pray against things. That's what happens at the gates. In fact, that's what happens in our church. We are that gateway where we determine God's will, God's heart, God's mind. Amen. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, I love that song. Vidi, Kwan, yeah. Jacob sees in his dream a ladder reaching from earth to heaven. 
The Hebrew word used in Genesis 28 verse 12 for reached is niga. It's a Hebrew word, niga, denoting that which pertains one thing or person physically contacting another. It means to touch. It can refer to a thing touching or connecting another thing. The word niga has the idea of touching something, to extend one's authority over it or to claim as one's own. The ladder Jacob saw reached to heaven. It was a ladder strong enough and tall enough to bridge the gap. A ladder that put man in touch with God. Jacob's vision suggests that we are connected to an invisible, real spiritual world where angels freely move and the voice of God can be heard. God is seeking to touch people at all times. There is a spiritual ladder to bridge the gap. God desires to touch people with His awesome love, His mercy, His power, and His presence. The Hebrew word for ladder is sula, suggesting the idea of a stairway, a stepping up or onto steps, a connecting to something. The intercede or intercession in the Hebrew language is pega, meaning to encounter, to meet with, reach, or stretch unto, touch. As you can see, the Hebrew word for reach, niga, and the Hebrew word for intercession, pega, are very close. And their usage is similar. The prayer ladder is to stretch out and touch God, and it is allowed then to touch us. So that's why the Gate Church is serious about prayer. We have many prayer groups in this church and they meet and they're serious about the welfare and the health of you and I and the spiritual atmosphere of this church. Say amen to that. See, church is not a social club. Church is not just a social gathering. Church is a place of the gate of heaven where angels are ascending and descending. Jacob was having a full-blown encounter with God to do with the divine purpose of God for humanity. First Abraham, Isaac, God was establishing his authority. God was establishing his authority. And he was asking for genuine worship, true intercession, and real fellowship with him. But this is the first time in the B-I-B-L-E that God mentions and he mentions it to Jacob who's not even repentant yet. He's a scallywag, he's a deceiver, he's a trickster and God says to Jacob, house of God. Not only the kingdom, not only the throne, but now the house of God. What is this house of God? What is God saying? The words of Jesus, Matthew 16, 18, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. The words of Paul says, in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Yeah, lift that up right there. You are a holy temple. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God's Spirit lives in us. We are the church. 
not this building. We are the church. We could go out into the paddock and that's where the church is. That's where the church is. Apostle Peter says, and you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. God gives this amazing revelation to Jacob in Genesis 28. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. The ladder reached from the ground, from the earth to heaven. The angels were ascending from the ground to heaven and then descending. The Bible says angels, angels are messengers. Angels. Yeah, give me, give me some bits of paper. Give me bits of paper. Okay, I need, I need, okay, okay, I need someone nimble. I need someone nimble. Tom, that is, yeah, 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 yeah. Tom, I'll use you. We got some prayers. People offered up some prayers. Andrew led the church through prayers. You're an angel. Tom, you're an angel. You're waiting. You're being dispatched as we speak. Standing at the bottom. Go round. You're ready to go. Angels means messenger. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the ancient Jews needed, has he been funny? Needed a quorum of 10 men to be sanctioned with angels to be dispatched to them so that God's will could be performed through them. That's different now. Everyone has an angel. There's angels around us. It's not, that law is not. So we have some, we have some prayers. You've come to the house of God. Why else did you come to the house of God? Unless you didn't want to hear from God and speak to God. So you've, you've come. Angel, we've got some petitions, intercessory, intercessory prayers, petitions, uh, and, and just, the, could you take them? Could you take them to heaven? Could you take them here? Just take a few steps. Oh, H&S will get onto us if you take <laughs> any more than that. And then could you come down like you're coming down with answers? I want you to come down like you got, I want you to come down like you got answers. That's awesome. Thank you. I'll be reading those later. Thank you so much. First thing we need to understand that the house of God is first and foremost related firstly to Jesus, to God. It's his throne, it's his authority. It's his expression of his mind and heart. It's the fulfillment of his eternal purpose on the earth. It's centered here. It's through you and I. It's through the church meeting right now all over the planet. God's, God's divine purpose is here, guys. It's that serious. We need to work out and appropriate what God is saying, and then we need to do what he's calling us to do. Second, the house is directly related to Jacob. It has something to do with fallen, worthless humans like Jacob. This commentator says, such sin is redeemed, recreated by God's grace, become the home of God in the spirit, his dwelling place. The word angel in Hebrew means messenger, and the angel ascending and descending notes service. Thus we have a picture of communication. 
and intercourse, interchange between earth and heaven, heaven and earth. The house of God is to be this living link. The church is not just pews or seats where we sit and hear someone out front. Of course, we need to do that. But the church is in direct relationship with God. And it is the house, the house of his dwelling. It is the place of his rest. The Bible says it like this in Psalm 132. I'm nearly done, guys. I know you're sweating like I am. It's a warm day, podcast listeners. 132 verse 13, Psalm. This is how the Lord describes it. For the Lord has chosen, when it says Zion, you can replace it with church in the, in the Old Testament. For the Lord has chosen Zion, the church. He has desired it for his dwelling, saying, this is my resting place forever and ever. Here I sit enthroned, for I have desired it. I will bless her with abundant provisions. Her poor I will satisfy with food. I will clothe her priests with salvation and her faithful, which in the New King James says, saints, people will sing for joy. So then, the church then is the ladder with all this divine activity. Servicing. Servicing the needs of the people of God, but humanity. Communicating. Intercourse, what I mean by saying that, contact, relationships, connections, the dealings. God's ladder. God's ladder. What does it ultimately mean? And that's where I want to bring you right now. Let's go to John 1.45, and I'm nearly done, guys. Let's nail it with the New Testament. Jesus' story. John 1.45 says, Philip found Nathanael and told him. Isn't it a good day when someone finds, goes to an unsaved person and, and goes to him and says, friend, I've got something. I need to take you to someone. I, I need to take you to someone. I, I love that. We should be doing that all the time. We should be like doing this story. Philip, 1L, love that, found Nathanael and told him. We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And he says this, Nazareth, can any good thing come from there? Can any good thing come from Wyong? Can any good thing come from Bado Bay? Can any good thing come from, whoa, Kalani Vale? Can any good thing come from Granville? Arimba? Can any good thing come from Chilibi? Oh, yeah. We haven't got to struggle with that. Jilliby's fine. That's a bad, that's a bad example. <laughs> Jilliby's awesome. Lush plains, lands, big hobby farms. No. Nazareth. Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked, come and see. Come and see. Come and see. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tugra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.
selfless faith to live like Christ.